achieve more in your personal life. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Lord, we know that we're not here by chance, Lord, and we just thank you and we give you all the glory and the praise this morning. We thank you that you are here. Lord, we thank you for every part of the service that we've been able to go through today for the worship. Lord, we know that we stand firm on your rock. We live under your grace and your mercy every day, Lord. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for, and we are so grateful for the positive difference that you make in our lives. Lord, may it be the prayer and the expectation of our heart, Lord, that we would understand what your plan and your purpose is for our lives. Lord, that you would help instill in our lives that daily discipline of praying and reading your word, Lord, that we might seek earnestly the plan and purpose that you have for each and every one of us. Speak to our minds this morning, Lord, that those that knowledge that comes in through our minds, Lord, may drop down into our hearts and become emotion. Lord, may we become an emotional people for you. And despite the cost, Lord, that we might drive forward with your plan and purpose for a better future. We ask this in your name. Amen. We're going to be looking at the life of, of Daniel, and I know we've done that um, on, 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 at different times uh, and through different messages, but we're actually going to have a look at how Daniel actually prays, and we're going to be focusing on Daniel chapter 9, but in and amongst that, we'll be looking at some uh, other verses. But we're going to be essentially looking at Daniel's approach. You know, in our prayer life, we... Um, we pray about a lot of things, don't we? We pray about our health. We pray about our finances, maybe even our family members, uh, colleagues at work. Maybe you're even praying about a job today. You might be praying for the health of yourself, maybe a spouse. Maybe you're praying for your children this morning as well. You know, we saw little Isa up here. <laughs> Fantastic. And, uh, you know, as parents, we, we have a huge privilege and responsibility of nurturing our, child, our children as they, as they grow up. But whatever it is, I suspect this morning, you've got things on your mind that you and I are actually praying for. Do we have an expectation that God is going to meet us at that point and answer those prayers for us. And how God answers those prayers will determine very much on our approach in those prayers and our involvement in prayer and in reading God's Word. So the first step is, is that we need to let God speak to me before I speak to Him. And this is called the listening step. You know, God has a way of reaching out to us before we respond to Him. So this is the listening step in terms of listening for God's guidance, listening for God's direction. And we as His people are required to respond. 
The interesting thing about God is, is that God will never expect you and I to do something that He hasn't done before. He will never expect us to go through a situation or a hardship or whatever it might be if He hasn't experienced that Himself. The Bible tells us that God first loved us. He first loved you and me before we even knew that we needed His love. God first served us before we knew that we needed that service. You might be thinking or asking yourself the question this morning is, is well, how do I actually listen to God? And a very important way of us as His people listening to God is actually reading His Word. By setting time aside each and every day, and it might be multiple times during the day, so I'm not just suggesting that we have one time in the day, but you might set multiple times during the day of where you can set time aside, quietly concentrating on God's Word, reading His Word, and getting to understand more about the God we serve, more about His character, more about His promises, more about His grace and mercy, and more about what He actually expects from you and I. Because as we read God's Word and we are praying for Him, praying to Him, so there comes an alignment in our character between what God wants us to have and what we're actually praying about. And hopefully that theme comes through very clearly in this message today. Are we allowing God to speak to our hearts and our minds through His Word and allowing Him to show us what we need to be praying for? Looking at Daniel's life, you know, Daniel is an old guy by now. He's 85 years of, of age, and throughout his life, he's gone through a number of kings and many, many tests. But when we look at the example of Daniel's life, we can see here is a man that is absolutely sold out to God, absolutely dedicated to God's plan and purpose for his life. And that's the only way that Daniel was actually promoted through all these changing times, through all these difficulties that he actually went through. Daniel keeps getting promoted and promoted and promoted with more and more responsibility. And the reason for that was is that he was a man dedicated and absolutely sold out to the plan and purpose that God has for him. But he's 85 years of age. And it's at that time when the Babylonians were defeated by the Assyrians. And then the Persians uh, defeated the Babylonians. And again, Daniel, at the age of 85, finds himself with a new boss. Right? Yet another king that he is serving. So just to get the geography right, Babylon is where Iraq is today. And Persia is where Iran is today. Right? So we see these 
um, countries invading each other. Babylon defeated the Assyrians. The Persians defeated the Babylonians. And Daniel calls out to God and he says, Lord, I've been extremely faithful to you, but I really want to go home. I really want to go home. Now, Daniel and Jeremiah are contemporaries at this time, so Daniel knows that um, the Israelite nation uh, will be in Babylon for 70 years. And Daniel knows that the time is coming up. It's coming to an end. But the Israelites are still far from God. And he starts calling out to God and asking God for his mercy and his grace to bring that Israelite nation to a point of where they can go home again. We read from Daniel chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, and it says this, In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, and I'd like you to uncircle this, I'll put it in bold, those, uh, those bold areas there. I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of, Israel, of Jerusalem would last for 70 years. So you can see Daniel opening up God's word and he says, I understood from the scriptures. I understood what God's plan and purpose was for the 70-year period. And I have read this in God's scriptures. So I already know. And I'm already aligning my prayer plans. And I'm asking God as we're coming towards the end of the 70 years that he might give me the opportunity to go home again. The statement that I'd like to make to you today is, is that we will never be able to pray effectively until we start reading the Bible. Getting into God's Word every day, every single day, and maybe even for you multiple times during the day. One of the things I've started doing is, is ending my day by reading the Scriptures as well. And I find that's a really good way to be reflecting my mind and my thoughts as I'm going to sleep that night on God. But you know that we serve a God that is interested in every bit of detail of our life. He wants to be involved in every single bit of detail in our life. So he's not asking for long, elaborate prayers that we do for a half an hour. But what about those short, practical prayers? Lord, I'm about to go into a meeting. I'm not sure what these people want to say to me, and I'm not sure how I'm going to react. But Lord, help me. Help me to say the right things, say and do the right things. Lord, I'm in this situation right now, and it might be a very difficult situation. And we might be thinking to ourselves, I have no way of understanding how I'm going to react or what I'm going to say in this situation. Lord, help me. Help me to put you first. Help me to be open to your plan. Help me to be open to your direction. John 15 verse 7 says this to us, But if you remain in me, 
and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Wow, what a powerful verse. Two things, if you remain in me, so you're a child of mine, and you remain as a child of mine, and you have that relationship with me. And secondly, if you, if my words, the Bible, remain in me, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. And why is that promise so important to us? As I mentioned before, if we're a child of God, and we've given our life and accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we are reading His Word, our thoughts, our desires, our direction will become aligned to that of God's plan and purpose for us. And understanding that, anything that we pray for under that important umbrella, God will direct and will open doors for us. Because there will be alignment between our heart and our mind's desire and the plan and purpose that God has for us. So this morning, the question for each and every one of us is, is when you evaluate yourself, is there something in your life that kind of doesn't feel right? Maybe a little making you feel, making me feel a little uncomfortable. Something that we know is not right in our life. And something that we might need to bring to God this morning so that we can ensure that we can pray to God about that. Maybe it's something we need to bring to Him and say to Him, Lord, I want to leave this with you this morning. I'm really grappling with this. I'm battling with this. And as I battle with this, I can sense that it's creating some misalignment between your plan and purpose and what I'm actually doing. Maybe you need to come to that point of where you can openly pray to God about that this morning. Maybe we need to ask for forgiveness for something that we've done. Something that's creating this misalignment. Interestingly, that Daniel read and prayed three times a day. So no wonder God was really blessing him. Now, you might also be wondering about a second thing, and that is the timing. You might be asking this question, is, is, how do I know the timing is right for this? When am I waiting on God, and when is God actually waiting on me? Well, here's the answer to that. If you've been praying and asking God for something in your life, and there is nothing stopping God from answering that prayer, but it hasn't happened yet, then you and I are waiting on God and in His timing. So if you're sure there's nothing separating, nothing uh, blocking that um, communication between God and yourself, and you've been praying earnestly about this, and there's been no answer yet, you and I are waiting on God's sovereign timing.
On the other hand, if there is something good that you have never prayed about, you've never brought this to God, then God is waiting on you. If there's something that you know that is good, that you should be, be, be bringing before God, you should be praying about this to Him, but you haven't taken that step yet. Well, you can be assured God is waiting on you. See, the God that we serve, whilst He's an almighty, all-powerful, gracious, and merciful God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, He will never, ever force Himself on you. Why? Because he's created you and I with a free will of choice. You can be guaranteed that God will never, ever, ever take that free will of choice away from you, away from myself. Never. So what do you really want as you look towards the future? What have you really asked God for? So the second point is this, focus my attention on God. Daniel 9 verse 3 says this, So I turned to the Lord, circle that, and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. I also wore rough burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him. You know, I've been, we've, Michelle and I have been married for 34 years this year and for guys, when you're married, here's a tip for success for you. Careful. Careful. I said it's a tip, right? But I found that when Michelle speaks, I focus my attention on her. I turn and I look into that beautiful face. And that tells Michelle that what she's saying to me is important. And I'm listening. I'm absolutely focused. Absolutely focused on her. In fact, I know she loves it. Don't tell her. But it shows that we are attentive. And when we turn to the Lord and we focus on the Lord, and that might mean that you have to go and stand outside in your garden and focus on God's creation, look up to the heavens and focus on Him. But it's good for us to be able to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm focused on You. It's the highest compliment that we can show. The next thing to get attention on God is, is, is to actually seek God. And I'll just read a few verses here. I'm not going to expand on them at all, but here's some verses for you out of Amos 5 verse 4. Seek me and you will live. Proverbs 8 verse 17. It says, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, You will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
God responds best to you and I when our attention is focused on Him completely and we're seeking Him with everything that we have. We don't have a divided attention between God and other things. We are totally focused on Him. So again, spending time in God's Word and prayer is the most important activity that we as God's men and women can do. So if you want to know more about God and His promises, here's the challenge to you and I. Let's spend time in prayer and spend time in God's Word. Daniel 29 verses 10 to 12 says this, This is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days, when you pray, I will listen. So there's really two factors around that. One is God's timing and my praying. God sets the time in His sovereignty, 70 years for the Israelite nation, and His expectation that we will, during that time, be praying. James chapter 4 and verse 2 says this to us. If you, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Again, God will never force His plan and His purpose on you. He wants you to be communicating and asking God for His guidance, for His direction. God wants us to be asking Him for those good things in our life. But He won't force that upon us. Seek God's kingdom before everything else and all other things you need will be given to you. So before we ask God about material things, about popular popularity, about fame, God's saying, hey, you need to seek me first. And I will add all of these other things that I want you to have in your life. According to my will, I will add them to you. But it's not going to be around fame. It's not going to be around popularity. It's not going to be around material things at all. It's about seeking God's face with everything, with all that we have. See, as long as we do our own thing and we make decisions without asking God for His direction and His approval, then God backs off. He backs off us. And he will wait. If we're asking for things that are not in alignment with his plan and purpose, or we go a step further by making decisions without including God, 
God, again, will never force himself on us. And he steps back and he goes, okay, you made that decision. There are going to be consequences for that decision. But you made it without asking me. You made it without considering me. You made it without uh, engaging with me. So I'm going to stand back and wait. Look at this verse. Hosea 5 verse 15 says this, Then I will return to my place, and this is God speaking, Then I will return to my place, until they admit their guilt and turn to me. For as soon as trouble comes, they will earnestly search for me. See, the only way that we as Christians often see the need to change is when we feel the heat of why we need to change. We feel the consequences of the decisions that we've made starts to drive us into a direction of really asking for God's forgiveness and for God's plan. Point three, we need to express my desires with emotion. You know, the God that we serve isn't an emotional God. All right, the Bible tells us that again, you know, um, and he expects us to deal with him with emotion. Not that I was too happy about the results of the rugby with the ABs and the Pumas, um, but did you see those guys crying? Those South American guys, they were crying. They were so elated. There was a lot of passion in there. They were emotional. The tears were pouring down their face is how emotional they actually were. You know, it shows that we are serious and this is important to us. It's not just repeating words. We can become emotional with God. We can cry out to Him. And He will understand. Our God is an emotional God. You know, the Bible tells us again that God gets happy, He gets sad, He becomes angry, and He becomes jealous. God gets frustrated when things go wrong through our own selfish decisions. He gets frustrated with that. And he understands our emotions. Jesus dying on the cross for your benefit and for my benefit was an emotional experience. Tone is important. And guys, again, here, if you're thinking about asking a young lady to marry you, if you said to them, would you please marry me? What kind of a response do you think you will get? Right, it'll be like a fridge door has just opened up in front of you. So tone is extremely important, and God understands that. So we can, with tones and groans and emotions, we can get in front of our God and speak to Him. Jeremiah 50 verses 4 and 5 says this, Then my people will join together in tears to seek the Lord, and they will ask the way to Jerusalem, and they will start home again. So these emotional prayers, they're not wimpy prayers, but they are prayers of crying out to God. Fourthly, I must demonstrate my seriousness. So when we pray, we need to signal to God how serious we are. We need to show God that we mean business. Daniel did this in a number of ways. 
Firstly, he started fasting. And he went without food. And he wore sackcloth and ashes. He wore rough clothes. And acknowledged his position before God. And this is how he showed just how serious he actually was. We see other people in the Bible fasting as well. Moses fasted. The Israelites fasted. Daniel fasted to get God's direction. And Jesus even fasted. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Point five. Thank God for his love and promises. The Bible tells us that when we ask, we should ask with thanksgiving. Daniel reminds himself of how great God, how great and good God actually is. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, you are great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. God always keeps his promises, even if we don't. God's love is unfailing, even when we don't. God is not flaky, even when we are. So Daniel acknowledges God's great and awesomeness. And he knows that God's love for him is unfailing. Irrespective of our circumstances, we can stand firm on that foundation that our God has an unfailing love for us. Point number six. I humbly confess my sins. And confession just simply means telling God, and expressing the fact that you acknowledge that you have sinned, that you have done something wrong, and that you agree with God that what you have done is wrong. You know, God will resist the proud, but welcomes the genuine confession of a humble heart. God, I really blew this one. We need to be really specific with God and not water down or make excuses for our sins. I'm just going to read a chapter out of Daniel chapter 9 and I just want you to circle those verbs where Daniel actually does that. Hopefully those verses will come up. There they are. But we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. We have refused to listen to your servants and prophets who spoke of your authority to our kings and princes and ancestors and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are right. But as you see, our faces are covered with shame. This is true of us all, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all Israel scattered near and far. Whenever you have, wherever you have driven us, because of our disloyalty to you. O Lord, we and our kings and princes and ancestors have covered with shame, are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. 
We have not, here's the next one, obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not allowed the instructions he gave us through his servants and the prophets. We're, sorry, we have not followed the instructions he gave us through serv his servants and prophets. All Israel have disobeyed your instruction and turned away, refusing to listen to your voice. You have kept your word and done to us, our rulers, exactly as you warned. Never has there been such a disaster as happened to Jerusalem. Every curse written against us in the law of Moses has come true. Yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us the disaster he prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all these things, for we did not obey him. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. O oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen I, as I plead for your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. O oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Do you see the pleading? Can you see the pleading in, in, in hear the pleading in Daniel's voice? Where he Despite going through these difficult situations, he acknowledges God's unfailing love. He acknowledges that he is a child of God. He has this relationship. He says, oh my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. And we make this plea, not because we deserve help, but because of your mercy. O oh Lord, hear. O oh Lord, forgive. O oh Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay. O oh my God, for your people and your city, bear your name. And then Daniel says this in verses 20 and 23. He says, I went on praying. So I was persistent about this prayer. I prayed it over and over again. I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord, my God, for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. As I was praying, Gabriel, whom I had seen um, uh, in my earlier vision, came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The, mo the moment, listen to this, the moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was. For you are very precious to God. You are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. 
We could almost stop right there. Let me ask you this question. Do you know this morning that you are precious to God? How do you know you are precious to God? God sent His one and only Son to die on that cross and rise again after the third day, conquering the power of sin and death. He allowed His Son, Jesus, to go through that absolutely excruciating, painful experience to shed His blood for you and I. Why? Because you and I are precious to Him. If you remember nothing else, I want you to remember this. As God's son and daughter, as God's man and woman this morning, you and I are precious to Him. Here's a closing verse. And this verse is a promise for God's people. Those people who are chosen by Him. There's many nations that misconstrue and stretch this verse out across their whole country. It's not designed for someone who is not a child of God. This is a promise that's designed specifically, and its purpose is specifically for you and I as God's children. If you have a living relationship with Him, it says this, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, it says this, Then if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. So in that promise, God requires us of, of us to do four things. He requires of us to humble ourselves before Him, pray seriously and passionately to Him, seek His face, and confess our sin and turn away from that sin. And what does God promise that He will do? He will hear from heaven, He will forgive our sins, and He will restore us back on His path and plan. Hari, you want to come up? As Hari um, comes up and prepares for that final song this morning, I'd like to ask you this question. What is your prayerful expectation of God this morning? Are you praying passionately before Him? Are you showing God that you are serious about your prayers with Him? Are you immersing yourself every single day in God's Word? Maybe multiple times during the day to break it up in those short moments. Are you asking God for His direction in every part of your life? Not locking some of that away where you can make the decisions, but in the other areas you'll allow God in. Because we've read very clearly today that we need to seek God with everything that we have. We need to be committed with all we have if we are serious before Him 
this morning. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, thank you for your mercy and your grace you give to us each day. Thank you for the wisdom and guidance we can receive from your word and in prayer with you. We know that you love each and every one of us with a passion and emotion. You promise that if we are sincere and humble before you, asking for forgiveness of our sins with passion and with everything we have within us, you will hear us and you will forgive us and you will restore us. Lord, we mean business with you today. We thank you for your presence here and the clear purpose and plan that you have for each and every one of us. May we seek your face with passion and humility, bringing your, our requests to you. Lord, we want to know your plan and your timing.